Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast on Mile High Sports, brought to you by Tap 14. Tap 14 on 1920 Blake Street, just uh, less than a block away from the home plate entrance at Coors Field. They have 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 distilled Colorado spirits, a rotating menu that is locally sourced by Chef Andrea Varela, who does a terrific job there. It's my place to go before the games and, well, after the games, too. I'll admit that. I'm there a bunch of the time, so... The, uh, the rooftop views are phenomenal. Make sure you check them out at tap14.com. Then spell that out, tap14.com. With me today, my name is Sean Drotar. I'm your host as always. And with me today is my co-host on Mile High Sports Radio in the mornings, TJ Carpenter. How are you, TJ? I'm doing great. How's that going? Is it uh, is the morning show going well? the morning show going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's your feeling on it? We say the same thing every morning. We're like, well... Yeah, like, you they, know. Haven't, they haven't canceled us yet. So, right, yeah. Uh, I guess it's coming along okay. <laughs> it's Well, with the Rockies, it's always the same. Oh, uh, the offense sucks. Oh, they have to change, but they can't. So here, this is what they're going to be. Yeah, they really uh, – it, it's been frustrating. The Rockies, 27th in the league in all of baseball, in batting average hitting 229 as a team. The, the strikeouts have them ranked fifth in all of baseball in strikeouts. Uh, this this is obviously a problem. It means that you're not going to be able to generate consistent offense, which is what we've seen. We've seen the Rockies get double-digit runs and then get blanked by uh, Jordan Lyles and company. Yeah. So this is what's going to happen, I think, if they don't find a way to change their approach – but how do they do that? Well, yeah, I think that the easiest way to do it is to try to play small ball. But the question is, do they know how to play small ball? And I think that the analogy sticks in other sports, right? If you're a football team and you're a spread offense, but you're going up against a defense that is terrible against the run and you have to run the ball to win that game because you will not be able to pass against this defense, hypothetically, say that. Uh, you can't do that. It's not going to work. You have to do something else. If you don't have a running back or offensive lineman who know how to run block, you're not going to be able to beat that team. So the Rockies, I think partially it's a little bit they're a victim of their own strategy to play towards the strengths of their park, which is they, they try to hit home runs. They try to get guys who can hit the ball over the wall because everybody says, oh, Coors Field, because of the elevation, is a place where you can hit home runs. So they've taken a lot of guys who have the, the right launch angle for home runs, the, the right approach at the plate to hit home runs, but the problem with home run hitting is that home runs don't account for a lot of your offense, or at least historically they haven't. And now all of a sudden it's basically a guy goes up there, he either hits a home run or he strikes out. And that's happening across baseball. So like the idea that it's just the Rockies is false, but it's also not it doesn't mean that the Rockies are good, and it also doesn't mean that the Rockies are ahead of the curve on how to how to Fix the problem, because it's a problem for a lot of teams, not just the Rockies. Yeah, it really is. It's a huge problem. All of Major League Baseball's batting average uh, on, on the whole is 246. In the NL, it's 241. Then the American League is 250. That .009 is clearly the difference between the designated hitter and the pitcher hitting. And, and probably that doesn't even account for it. So you could make the argument that the swing and miss potential in the American League might even be worse than it is in the National League. So this is something that is all around baseball where you are striking out so many times is what they call in baseball one of the three true outcomes, which it means that it's one of the things that doesn't involve the defense at all. And there's three. There's home mm -hmm. runs, there's strikeouts, and walks. And as you pointed out, the, the Rockies are getting 32.7% of their runs directly off the home run. That's not even including the RBIs that are driven in mm -hmm. by the run, but they have 56 home runs as a team. They've scored 171 runs. So one 
one out of every three, and the Rockies have had challenges with making those home runs the three-run variety or the grand slam variety. They're yeah. generally, for the most part, solo shots. And it should be noted, too, that they're only three games off of the best record in baseball, and one of the teams that's ahead of them is the Padres. Or, sorry, the Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks actually have a worse offense. They've scored fewer runs, I think, by one. I think the the Rockies have 171 runs scored this season so far, and the Diamondbacks have 170. Same amount of games, 43. Um, and then I think average-wise, they're also worse. Um, but they, they have the second-best record in baseball. So clearly, it's not just consistency of offense. And this is something you and I have talked about a lot over the last year or so, Sean. The Rockies are going to have streaky offense. They just are. They are they're chocked full of home run hitters, uh, guys who have power, guys who are designed to hit home runs, and that's what we've seen. If you, the bottom half of your lineup isn't in scoring position, when you come back up to the top half where all those power hitters are, you're not going to have any runs scored. And last year, they did a great job at the bottom of the order making sure that the guys got on base. So is that... And that's a that's a good point. Is that the problem then? Because Nolan Arenado is hitting over 300. Charlie Blackman is at 275, a little lower than he'd like, but it's not like it's awful. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, he's hurt at the moment, but he was hitting around 280. Uh, those the 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 big money guys, the all star guys, those three guys, they're generally doing what you'd expect them to do. Is it really the bottom half of the lineup that's letting this team down? Are we maybe? throwing everybody into the same sort of pile there, and, and we don't deserve to do that? I think their walk rate should be higher, and their first uh, pitch swing rate should be way lower. Um, the bottom half of the order, your job is to get on base. Your job is not to be a star. So stop trying to be a star. And if I were Bud Black, I would tell them that. Look, know your role. Understand where you are in the offense, and the only way any of those guys are going to help this team win is if they get on base. So start drawing walks. Start doing whatever it takes. Uh, you just choke up on the bat and get on base. Get the ball in play. Get the you know get on base. Uh, however, whatever it takes. Stop trying to hit home runs. That's not your job. Um, so uh, look, a lot of it offensively, I think is solvable. I think they have the tools necessary to solve it. So really, it just kind of comes down to work ethic, right? <laughs> It, it seems like it, it does. I mean, obviously, some guys are, are better than what they've shown. We've piled on Ian Desmond, and I think justifiably so, but the guy's played in the majors a long time and has hit better than 171. So yeah. something is is out of whack there for him. It's not that he's a career 170 hitter. So whether that's work ethic or what, I, I don't know. The experiment to bring Carlos Gonzalez back doesn't seem to be working. He's striking out at a very high rate, hitting only 219, not working for him as well. Chris Iannette is one of the, the guys that I get sometimes from fans. People complain about that. Um, Iannette is hitting 229, but is a, not a great hitter career-wise. The yeah. idea was you brought him in to be the defensive guy who can, who's a veteran catcher who can help nurse these these pitchers that, that are so young into the major league game. So I look at Iannetta's at least and say that's he's doing what you brought him in to do. He's not there to get you a ton of offense. He's hit four home runs. He's knocked in 11. I think that's actually okay. But it's it's the situations where you have Gonzalez or Desmond or Gerardo Parra's in and going 260. Uh, these are the guys that are, that are problematic and I think it gets exacerbated when you lose DJ LeMahieu, one of the few guys, a former batting champ that adds consistency atop the roster too. Yeah. I'd bench Iannetta for a week. Just bench him. For his offense, Tony Walters, the backup, sitting only 140. Right, but I'm not paying Tony Walters that much. So I would rather see him suck making nothing because I have no expectation that he should be better. I have a lot of expectations that Ian Desmond should be better because he's better. 
right? Yeah. So if if that's your problem, if that's your issue, I'm not getting the production I'm paying for out of something. I have to make a change. But Black, that's your job. Your job is to understand those situations and then read them accordingly. And look, you know, Bud Black's not going to take my advice on something. He's going to do what he wants to do. All I'm telling you is that if you don't do that, if you don't get a hold of this offense and get a hold of these players soon and fix the problem, you will not have a job to criticize. Yeah, over at, at first base, I think there is an argument that can be made that if, if you're Bud Black, you can the, – the idea that, well, you don't want to bench – Desmond or something like that because it's rude to a veteran. I, I think players know that it is, you can do that in a way that says, look, man, it's not working for you yeah. right now. We've just got to, to do something different. And so I think... I mean, are we really worried about the offense getting worse without Ian Desmond in it? Uh, not at the moment. It's worth be. it to take him out of the lineup for a week to make a point. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I think there's a, a good argument to be made for that. And now uh, down at, at AAA out in Albuquerque, Ryan McMahon, who was not able to handle the job but from the get-go. I mean, he was he was awful. Uh, he is actually just scorching through in the last uh, five or six games now in AAA. He's really, really bat- batting well down there. And you wonder if he gets it right, at what point do you maybe give him another look? Because they felt comfortable enough to put him on the opening day roster. So I would think if he's playing well and uh, enough down in Albuquerque, you're probably going to give him a look. But I do wonder a little bit, are we being a bit too hard on the Rockies offense? Because as, as we've talked about it, they're two games out of first place in the NL West. Mm-hmm. They're only three, three and a half games out of the best record in the National League. Granted, yeah. there are a lot of teams all stuck in that, that kind of area. But uh, th- this isn't a disaster by any stretch. It's, it's ugly baseball. It's not fun to watch. It's not entertaining. Mm-hmm. But are we maybe nitpicking here on, on the in the end of things? Because really, when you look at it, they're in a pretty good spot. Well, like who's we? Because I am. I have been pretty um, slow to. You've you've been more patient, judgment. I think, than a lot of people, myself included, on, on picking at the the Rockies' approach on offense. Well, I I think, and there's no question that they could be better. But I also think that they will get better, um, if for no other reason than time passes and the you know weather gets nicer, and then guys get into a rhythm with one another, and then they can hit better. Um, and that's pretty much documented that 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 kind of trend happens with a lot of teams that struggle offensively early in the season. At some point, they will figure it out. The question is, once they do figure it out, can they sustain it? Uh, they haven't figured it out yet, and so that's a problem. But figuring it out is not the end game. Getting it right and keeping it right is the end game. You have to make sure that in August you are hitting well and playing well going into the postseason. If that's your goal, if that's your benchmark, then yeah, I think that a lot of people would be dissatisfied with what they've seen so far from the Rockies. But if your goal is to play second in the West and maybe get a wild card um, and that's really all your expectation is, then sure, you're fine with what you've seen so far. I think for the for the Rockies, and let me give you a, a little example of how it's being perceived just outside Colorado. ESPN uh, this morning actually had released basically what they thought about teams' lineups. They used weighted runs created, which yeah. is an advanced analytics stat. They had the Rockies lineup at 26th in baseball. And uh, Jeff Sullivan of ESPN basically said, while one game is never representative of the bigger picture, talking about the Jordan Lyles game where they almost were perfect, uh, perfect game, this lineup is not good. Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman are fantastic. DJ LeMahieu and Trevor Story are perfectly fine. I just don't know where the rest of the hitting comes from. Yeah. And that that seems to be a lot of what you're talking about, too. And so 
it, 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 we'll see where they go. I, you're right. Offenses historically heat up across baseball. It mm-hmm. always happens. As the weather gets warmer, the ball starts to fly a little bit more. But it's the swing and miss percentage that, that concerns me for the Rockies going forward. On the bright side, even though they are playing the San Francisco Giants, a team that does have very good pitching, in this four-game series that they start uh, today, as we record this on a Thursday, they'll play tonight. The matchups are very favorable for the Rockies all the way through. You have Chad Bettis going in the opener today. He's 4-1 and one against Jeff Samarja, who started out one and two and has an ERA of almost seven. Now we know Samarja can, he has great stuff. Yeah. And at any point in time, if, if the Rockies almost got perfect game by Jordan Lyles and coughed up 13 strikeouts to a rookie for the Brewers yeah. <laughs> making his debut, you know, anybody can get right. But you have to think the Rockies have the pitching advantage there. Kyle Freeland, who's been good of late, will take on Derek Holland on Friday. Holland's only two and four. On Saturday, John Gray takes on Chris Stratton. And Gray has been pitching very, very well of late. Stratton is the only pitcher of the Giants in this entire four-game series that they'll see who has a winning record at a four and three and then Tyler Anderson, who's 3-1, and one, will take on Ty Block in the uh, finale on Sunday. Given the, given the matchups there, given the fact the Rockies, you don't see this very often, have the pitching edge in virtually all four of those games, uh, if you're a team that's played pretty well on, on the road this year, the Rockies have been good on the road, what do you want to see from them? Is it purely a number of wins? Is it a, a batting average? Is it an on-base percentage? What would make you feel comfortable when we come back on Monday and you and I do the show on Mile High Sports Radio for you to say, all right, I saw them get better. Just the offense specifically, or the whole the team? The whole team. What, oh. what do you want to see? Because I want to see a mixed bag in some of the yeah. middle relief, like a few things as well. I want to see them get a couple of shutouts, and I want to see them continue to pitch an elite level. Couple of shutouts. Yeah, I don't care wow. about. I really don't care about the offense. And this is once again, we come back to they've got good players. I mean, even in that write-up, which has them as the twenty-sixth best lineup in baseball, they acknowledge that there are good hitters in this lineup. Um, that are performing well. One of the problems with baseball is that no one player can have that great of an impact. Yeah, you don't get to come up every time. Right, so, uh, which they should change, by the way. <laughs> I do. Uh, I think they should just be fundamental able... Fundamental change to the you, game, If you wanted to save baseball, we wanted to have that conversation. I've got all kinds of suggestions well, we'll for to, baseball. We'll have to do that another time, then. That's interesting. Um, yeah, if you just uh, allowed managers to reset the lineup at the beginning of every inning... Um, so you'd have guys like never hitting, though. Yeah, unless unless the guys at the top of the order hit, which is so instead of your third time to the order, you're talking about the third inning where guys are really starting to get at you offensively, which makes it much more difficult on the pitchers. And the fact that they've never thought of that as a solve for why pitching dominates baseball is beyond me. But if you ever want to see those two things be equally uh, conflated against one another, you've got to re- be able to reset the lineup. In pit, but that's why pitching for the history of baseball has always dominated. They have come up with rule after rule after rule after rule after rule to try to help pitchers, or sorry, to try to help hitters combat the just the mowing down destruction of hitters in baseball. And it's happened for 150 years. In like 1907, they they even um, they they even tried to experiment with a bat with one edge that was flat for right. for like, like a whole a, season. Like a cricket bat. Yeah. yeah. Just, just because they're and they they've been trying to raise and lower the mound and do all kinds of other things to give hitters an so advantage. Is, so is this offense Lo- that you see ma- today making the strike zone smaller, all that kind of stuff? Is that an evolution of this? Is this sort of is what we're seeing in baseball with launch angles and everyone trying to hit home runs? The three true outcomes we talked about is this basically the hitters' eventual revenge. The idea is that well, if it's always going to be hard for us, I'm not going to bother with trying to hit singles. I'm just going to try to take it all the way out every time I get it. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to shame you into 
pitching poorly. I think that there's a part of that that, yeah, it hurts more when a ball goes over the wall than if you give up a single. But in reality, singles are more valuable in today's baseball than they ever have been. Getting on base matters more than it ever has before. People think about the old Earl Weaver style of offense, and they look at today's baseball, and they say, all right, it's Earl Weaver's offense, who used to say, what do you do? I wait, I wait around for the two-run home run. But it's the two-run home run. And what we've talked about before <laughs> right. is there's been these so many solo shots. Uh, you're right. The, the singles and doubles, the walks, they all matter because, great, you hit a home run. But solo shots in baseball very rarely beat you. It doesn't usually happen Correct. in baseball. If you give up two or three solo home runs, you, that's not generally why you lost. Right. And so for the, for the Rockies, for every team in baseball, that's why I think you're right. Yeah, baseballs are flying out of the park at a really high rate. Yes, guys are striking out at a high rate. They're trying to hit the home runs. They're on pace to hit a, over 200 home runs this season. Right. And yet they're one of the worst teams in baseball at scoring runs, which kind of lends... Because, it's, it's because they're not getting guys on base when they hit the home right, runs. Right, solo that's shots. the problem. But you talked about this weekend against the Giants in particular. Uh, I, I have to admit a little... You know, it surprised me with the idea you want to see a couple of shutouts, but... If you haven't paid attention, Rockies fans, the Rockies are third in all of baseball, tied for third in all of baseball with five shutouts on the year. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that's gotten good pitching. The, the ERA, yes, the ERA, because it always is, is high for the Rockies. It's 4.36. That's not very good when you look at the other teams around the league that, that are in the, that shutout type of yeah. area. But for the Rockies, it's not outlandish. San Francisco, where they're playing this weekend, their ERA as a team is 4.33, and they have four shutouts behind the Rockies. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I can ask for a, a couple of shutouts, but I would sure like to see uh, games where you get quality starts out of all four of your guys. Yeah. And that this, you start seeing the the Rockies maybe give up four or fewer runs in every game. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. If I had to encap in a terrific p- pitchers park in AT and T. Just to summarize my take on the Rockies, because uh, it confuses a lot of people, I think, because everybody in town is talking about how crappy the uh, the offense is right now. Um, I don't have as many problems with the offense because I don't wait. Offense is that important? Uh, it's valuable, obviously. You have to score runs, but. I, I, I'm not worried about it because I don't think it's that important, and also I think that the hitters that they have are better than what they've performed to this point. My concern is with the pitching, which is what confuses everybody because they're like, oh, the pitching's been great. And I'm like, well, it's been great so far. For that, the Rockies. Right. Over the course of their history. Yes, and it doesn't mean that that's going to continue. And I hope I hope that Chad Bettis continues to have this year because it's amazing what he's been able to do. Uh, especially coming off of cancer. I think that all of those things are huge, but John Gray needs to be better, more consistent. Um, Herman Marquez needs to be better, more consistent. Um, all these guys uh, need to be uh, better and more consistent, and they need to show it over months and months and months of time. Because if that pitching stays that good all season long uh, or improves, then all of a sudden you've got a contender. That offense is going to be what that offense is going to be. And, and you know what? Depending on the day... It could be great. It could be terrible. That's just baseball. Pitching is constant. Um, it has been for all of baseball's history. So I, I would just tell people, I know that you've been conditioned to think in terms of offense first in Colorado for the reasons that everybody already knows about Coors Field and stuff like that. But pitching is what wins you championships. So focus on the pitching. Focus on that more. At the very least, I think you would say that you're encouraged by what you've seen from the pitching so far. But I, I am much more stressed out about the pitching sustaining this or improving as the season goes on than the offense not being very good for the first two months of the year. 
As we said, four against the Giants for this uh, long weekend road series for the Rockies as they continue uh, in California. After that, they'll head to the Dodgers. We'll talk about that on Monday for the uh, the Rockies. Two games out of first behind Arizona, one and a half ahead of the Giants. So if they can take three or even four in this series, they can at least cement themselves as the number two team in the NL West by a significant margin. And that's uh, one of those steps that I think you do take one at a time. And so uh, while it's not a make-or-break series in May, there are very few that are, but this is a potentially big one for the Rockies. These are the ones where if you come out with a weekend sweep, if you're able to do that somehow, that's big. And by the time you get back to September, you're going to look back and say that was one of the bigger weekends of the year. Of of Major League Baseball park features, I think I probably hate the hill in Houston the most. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Uh, I couldn't imagine playing outfield on that where uh, it all of a sudden goes uphill. Right. A close second though is definitely that stupid little like nook that they have at AT AT&T Park where the ball will get stuck sometimes. In right center. Yes. I hate that thing. And if if the Rockies lose a game that they pitch well in because some ball gets stuck out there in that area of the, the field. Pinballs in the corner. Yeah, it's going to drive me nuts. I hate that part. <laughs> I hate it. He is TJ Carpenter. Uh, you can catch him online on Twitter at TJ Carpenter Show. You can catch him on every morning with me on weekdays, 7 to 9 a.m. locally in Denver. That's 1340 a.m., 104.7 FM, and streaming all the time on the Mile High Sports app. You can also catch any of our programs or interviews on demand there as well. So download the app and uh, maybe you listen to the podcast on that now. If so, thank you very much. want to thank our sponsor, Tap 14, as always, for putting together the, uh, the podcast cast here it's the place to go before and after games if you're a colorado fan everything there is colorado from that beetle kill wood on the inside to all the food all the drink all of it all colorado based it's your spot to go tap 14.com like i say spell it out tap 14.com tj thanks so much i will guys talk about this monday on air but we'll see how the rockies do this weekend so for tj carpenter i'm sean Drotar. thank you for listening to the blake street irregulars on mile high sports